and welcome to Animoa, the animated movie watch. I'm Beffers. And I'm Birdie. Today's episode is Porco Rosso. We pick our movies from the list of animated feature films on Wikipedia. Any movie with a theatrical release that has a critic's rating of over 50% on Rotten Tomatoes will get its own episode here on Animoa. And we are watching these films in chronological order. And here we are in the Ghibli universe yet again. Yes, back with Miyazaki specifically. With Porco Rosso. Yeah, this was my first time seeing this. That's right. That's right. Um, I was the only one of our group who had already seen it, which was to say I saw it once a very long time ago and didn't remember a whole lot of it. Okay. <laughs> but hey, before we get into that, drinks. Drinks. Okay. Yeah. Same as last time. Same as last We're time. Doing which, a double but, feature. Yeah. But we might as well, since it's not like, you know, immediately after it for who's listening. Yeah, now I have a room temperature Irish cream latte. <laughs> Excellent, and I have room temperature water. Yay! Fabulous. Let me just grab this and do a little... <laughs> Yay! Done. <laughs> Porco Rosso. I, I didn't end up watching all of Miyazaki's movies when I went through and watched most of them, because I did miss... Or not all, sorry. Not all of the Ghibli films. Mostly Miyazaki, though. But I did see this one. And I didn't remember a whole lot about it after I had seen it. But I remember, I remembered, like, certain elements of it. And if I say I remembered, like, the main character, I remembered him. Yeah. I have to say that's how I feel right now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of a shame to hear. Because, like, now that I've seen it again, uh, there's a lot to appreciate about it and a lot that I enjoyed. But it's not my favorite of Miyazaki films, like a lot of people will say it is. It's it's kind of a divisive film in mm. terms of like people who are either like this is his best or people who are like this is just his weakest. Mm. It's like a lot of not much in between that those two opinions. Yeah. I have to say I don't think it's his best, but I have to like watch all his films to decide whether it's the weakest. True, true. There's there's more to come. There's more to come. I I think I enjoy it. Like, I, I like it more than Totoro. I'd, oh. I'd rather watch this than Totoro. And then other ones that we haven't gotten to yet. But I liked Totoro more than this. And that's fine, because you like Totoro more than me anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> understandable. There was so much Miyazaki going on in this movie. There was a lot of Miyazaki. I think that was one of the first things I wrote down was like, ah, yes, let's just all the check, check off everything. All the, just the checklist. Or here we go. We got planes. We got pigs. We got Europe. We've got landscapes. We've got little kids with very round faces. Little kids with round faces. We've got strong female characters who are just like good people. We've got pirates. We've got airship pirates. We've got <laughs> that one guy who the uh, Kurotoa looking motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. He always looks like him. <laughs> that is what I wrote. Another Kurotoa looking motherfucker is like my exact notes. If this were a drinking game, you would be drunk within the first ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, what do we have? What do we have? All those Miyazaki, uh, just sweet spots. And yeah, no, it it, it kind of does show that this is a film that he made because he wanted to do all these things he wanted to hit all these things and it, it feels more like a passion project than other things he's made hmm. in that sense and it was meant originally well first of all it was originally a manga that he did a little watercolor watercolor yeah. watercolor 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 short manga 
called um, Hikote Jidai, or The Age of the Flying Boat. And uh, yeah, starred Parker Rosso. And I don't, I didn't read it, so I don't know more yeah. about it than that. But yeah, I didn't have access to it. Otherwise, I'd really love to read it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to see how it compares um, to the film. But yeah, no, it was meant to be a short film for like in-flight film for Japan Airlines. Hilarious. Like, so like it, it became a full-length film when it wasn't really meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I can kind of feel that. Me too. And yeah. I think that was Miyazaki's sort of like, like he was he was a little concerned about that and a little little frightened of it because it sort of became something he wasn't really expecting it to. But it ended up doing really well in Japan and hmm. being really well received. And he was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. It, it is a shorter movie than his, a lot of his other films. So mm-hmm. I said that the, the pacing of it does feel a little strange and it's probably because it was just sort of like, let's stretch this out, this plot, or let's add this element and let's do this little thing that it, it probably wasn't originally part of. But again, having not read the, the manga, I don't know how it compares. Yeah. So let's talk about the story. Yeah, the story. Uh, you've got you've got a pig. You've got Porcaroso um, or Marco, who has multiple names depending on which version you're watching. Actually, we watched mm. the original Japanese. We did not watch the 2003 Disney dub, which apparently is, as I've been reading about it, apparently it's considered to be one of the good ones. Mm. So it wouldn't have been in the the end of the world if we'd ended up watching that, as it turns out. But um, and I'd be curious to watch some of like some clips and hear what it sounds like. I went back and watched some clips of the English. Okay, you did. Yeah. Um. So Michael Keaton plays Porco Rosso. He was decent. Okay. Uh, Carrie Elwes was the the Yank. Oh, trying to do a um, uh, yeah Curtis. uh, He was trying to do a Southern accent. He he was okay. (laughs) And Uh, Englishmen always try to do Southern accents when they're like, (laughs) all right. Being American. You know, sometimes they're good at it. Like uh, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my absolute favorite voice was Brad Garrett as the captain of the Ayuto gang. Oh, really? Mama Ayuto. <laughs> oh, cool. He was hilarious. He was made for that role. Awesome. But those were all the clips I watched. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'm pretty sure when I watched it originally, I watched it in the Japanese, so I don't have a I'm a reference for that. So yeah, I'll have to watch some of those clips too. Yeah. Gosh. So yeah, the story. Uh, what I was trying to say there was he's got multiple names. Uh, Porco Rosso is Marco Pag... I don't even know how to say it. Pagot? Um, but I don't know if it's supposed to be... I think it's supposed to be an Italian name, oh. but I don't know. I think it's based off of someone that Miyazaki actually knew. Hmm. But then in the dub, it's Marco Rossellini, which more obviously Italian to me, but anyway, so yes, you've got Marco who has become a pig man and that's a whole point that we'll get into eventually. I hope so. The point of his, what, what his curse is and all that. But yeah, at this point, this is 1929, uh, in, in the the Adriatic sea and he's, uh, an ex war hero from the first world war but now it's the depression and it's kind of between um the wars and you've got a little bit of fascism on the rise in the in the on the outskirts of this film kind yeah. of happening i thought their inclusion of italian history was very interesting it, it it's also very 
it's it's what's one of the parts that I do really like about this movie is the accuracy of not just like all the plane stuff because of course Miyazaki's going to be accurate <laughs> about that, but of the history and the geology and the po- political background of yeah. everything. It all felt very legit and mature. But yes, anyway, at this point, Porcaroso is. Uh, he's just sort of like a bounty hunter who just shoots down pirate planes uh, for money in his spare time. And uh, he's got a sort of semi-love interest who she is Gina and she runs this hotel in the Adriatic Sea, like on this little island. And <laughs> it feels very Casablanca. like, um, And, and uh, the pilots all come there and the pirates as well. And he's got all these rivalries. You've got um, the character of Donald Curtis, who's an American or half American, I think like half Italian or something, I think they mentioned in the subtitles, who uh, the pirates have hired because they they don't like Porco Rosso. And it's just sort of like this sort of vague through line going on there. And again, it's, 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 I don't even know if I said this before, but it's not, not really a, like a heavy plot. Really not. not, There's not like a really distinct plot. It's more just sort of like kind of a, almost like a meditation on, who he is at this time and just sort of like following around just these for these few, I don't know how long it takes to build the plane, probably longer than a few weeks, but the rest (laughs) of it feels like maybe no more than a few weeks. But then yeah, during the actual building of the plane, that might take a while, but yeah, his plane gets shot down. He goes to Milan and goes to like his old reliable mechanic who has his granddaughter in town, Fio. And yep, they fix his plane up. He's, acting like a chauvinistic pig. Wow, go figure. Um, But grows to appreciate Theo, especially when she comes along with him to sort of do just like a little flight test. And then it turns into an ambush when the pirates are waiting for him on his little island and his little beach where he lives. That that actually surprised me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that part. (laughs) And then she like calls them all out and like, where's your honor? And they're like, oh. <laughs> but then, yeah, we end up getting this climactic sort of dogfight between uh, Porco Rosso and Curtis uh, where they're, they're not fighting over Theo necessarily. It's, it, she, she he, Curtis is one of those like, oh my God, love at first sight kind of idiots and like immediately tried to propose to her. But so she's like, She's part of this bet deal, whatever. She's a prize, but it, it's it's not that Porco Rosso is fighting to like win her hand. He's just like trying to keep her out of his hands and yeah. is like has come to appreciate her and then finds out that Gina really does love him. This sort of this kind of will they won't they there it's been going on, but it's a lot of it has been his own like kind of shying away from that and yeah, again, there's there's a lot of, like, a lot deeper psychological shit going on, like, with especially the character of Marco or Porco Rosso that you're not really seeing on the surface of the plot as it's unfolding. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, again, on its surface, it's just sort of like, what is, what is this? What are we following? But, yeah, it's just sort of a slower-paced and... Again, I think meditative is kind of the word that comes to mind. Like when it's not like crazy dog fights and fun times with that, I guess fun. I don't know. It's it's fun because he doesn't kill anybody yeah. during that part. <laughs> but then you have moments like when he's telling 
his story about what happened to him during the war and the whole idea of like what what his curse is and then the sort of ambiguous ending of like what happened to him where did he go everyone lived happily ever after except for him it's like no <laughs> you have to watch carefully but no <laughs> um yeah um i'm okay with things being subtle mm-hmm. in this because i think that's very adult yeah it and, feels very adult this film but the one thing i absolutely hated was why he turned into a pig in the first place so allow me to attempt to explain using what I've found that I, I guess the idea, uh, what I've seen online and yeah. what my understand of it as well. Because as far as I know, all they said in the movie was that it was a curse and that was it. Yeah, they, they, they very much leave it open and I, it may or may not have gotten explained more on the manga. But the idea is that he it's, it's a self-inflicted curse he doesn't want to be a part of humanity anymore after the war and everything. He's gotten so disenchanted with everything and so cynical about everything that he really just sees himself as like a worthless pig because of like the things that he had done. He thought he was a coward for like being the only one who didn't die when all of his, all of his comrades went in in that beautiful scene, beautiful scene, scene, which I'll, I'll mention more about that soon too. But yeah, basically like he, didn't want to be part of humanity anymore. So he became a pig. And, but, but some of that was also, yeah, this kind of self-loathing. Well, that's really hard to say. Self-loathing that he has, where he doesn't really think he's even worthy of, of humanity either. Um, it's, 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 it's really kind of this weird, because on the one hand, it's like, oh, I'm better than human, but on the other hand, not good enough to be human. It, it, it's like, which I, I like, I like that because mm-hmm. I do get by the end that, you know, Fio has accepted him and showed him that he is like worthy and Gina loves him. Bless you. Okay. <laughs> and he got that confirmation and then at the end you get that hint that his curse has been lifted. Yeah. Because Curtis is like, Whoa, whoa, can I see your face? And he just like, runs off and we don't get to see. But you can you can infer that he probably had his curse lifted. Yeah, that I supposed his curse was lifted because Fio gave him a kiss and that was like a sign of acceptance. It him. was, and, yeah. And then he flew off to go be with uh, Gina. Yes. And you do get confirmation that he does end up with Gina, even though they have that little moment at the end where they're showing the garden. She's like, oh, did he come back? I don't know. That's our little secret. It's like, yeah, no. If you have the shot of her flying in the plane over the the uh, bar, hotel, whatever the hell it was, um, <laughs> island, you see his plane is docked there. Aww. It's down there. The little red plane is right there. So it's like, yeah, of course. Of course he came back. Might, might not, he might not be as recognizable as a, a human now to like people who might have known him as a pig. But yeah, I yeah. bet he's, he's still there. Or he and Gina. Like he went there and then they off they went somewhere else. But you also can see in that garden shot at the end, it's empty. She's not waiting for him there. Because mm-hmm. he already came back. But yeah. Anyway, I... It's definitely one of those things where you kind of almost do feel like let down that there's not a more obvious like magical curse thing that's like laid out for you like that you'll see in other movies. But I I, I don't know I I do kind of enjoy the, the sort of more uncertainty and the symbolism and the, like like take make of it what you will sort of a, a approach to to that. Hmm. I can see how Miyazaki fans would be disappointed because there is a lot of magic in his movies. Yeah. I know the entire movie, I was just waiting for oh, that no. to be explained. 
Like, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with the ending, but I just need to know how we got that way. <laughs> yeah, understandable. And I think I probably felt that way more the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. But having seen it and knowing kind of where it ended up and knowing that it doesn't get, like, outright explained made me, like, watch it with, like, a, a, a kind of a different way this time and just sort of pay more attention to, like, how is he acting around other people? How is he seeing himself? How is he imagining they see him and like the moment where Theo sees him as just a guy for a moment yeah, there. Really cool. Yeah. It's like just, she, she saw him as like just a, just a, a, a war hero really. Mm-hmm. And, and a, a man to be admired. And she's like, you're a good man. And he's like, ah. <laughs> so I think a lot of veterans might like this movie. I can imagine. Cause yeah, there's there's definitely a somber sort of tone to like the 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 the, the you know war. It's anti-war for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, it's anti-fascist. <laughs> Better a pig than a fascist. Yes, I love it when you say that. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> um, burn, burn, baby. The scene of his like kind of hallucination of the afterlife with all the planes. Uh, is based off of a Roald Dahl short story, They Shall Not Grow Old, where that basically happens to a character where they end up above the clouds. But I guess Roald Dahl was also uh, a a fighter pilot. Yeah, he was a pilot in World War II. Yeah, so he probably wrote that right after that. Mm -hmm. Or even concurrent for all I know. I don't know the date. (laughs) But... um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Heavy stuff. Whew. Yeah. No. There's definitely some. I, I wrote down very early on. Like I, I, I forgot how mature this was. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely some fun moments and, you know, some some cute things that happen. But overall, it just has a very mature tone to it. And not in a, not in the way that some of the more violent films of his are like mature like like yeah. like princess mononoke you know where it's just like oh my god but like but just quietly adult film mm-hmm. is what i get from this one and it, it it is definitely a different kind of feeling and i guess especially after watching our other movie that night it it, it kind of slowed things down for the evening because really we, we we watched fern gully first and it was just all like <laughs> chaos and singing and fun and then this was just sort of like I'll listen to this lovely French song that's this lounge song that's being sung that then we're just seeing these scenes of him traveling and flying and not a whole lot happening mm-hmm. and and it's interesting whenever we do a double feature how the first movie tends to leak into the second movie yeah like there was a part where there's oil coming out of his <laughs> his plane and I was like Hexus no <laughs> I lost it uh oh <laughs> Do you want to talk about the characters a little bit? Well, I mean, obviously I've talked quite a bit yeah. about Porco Rosso himself. I mean, yeah, he he is a, he does kind of act like a pig. He does, yeah, um, especially with Theo. Yeah, and women in general. But he does improve. Mm-hmm. He does improve. And that's that's part of his story arc is this whole point is that he does improve himself and he becomes the, the, the man that he can be. <laughs> yeah. And if he just... You know, listen and be good. And And halfway through the movie, Theo becomes one of the heroes. Yes, she does. Yeah, and she's the 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 redheaded Miyazaki character. Yep, yeah. I guess we're talking about Theo. Yeah, (laughs) she uh, she's likable. I always liked her. 
Mm-hmm. First time I saw it in this time. And she wouldn't have seemed as okay with the, the wager with Curtis and her being like the prize if she, if it weren't for the fact that she knew Porco Rosso would win. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. course he's going to win. She had confidence in him. And I think she does have like a, a little girl crush on him for sure. But yeah, I, 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 I don't ship it. God. Oh, uh, no. That's like, I, I know like that kind of thing is not super unusual, especially for like further back in time. Mm-hmm. Because that's supposed to be like, what, the 20s? So not super unusual for, I guess, a barely adult to be like, ah, oh, yes, an, old, an older man who I really like. Calling him middle-aged, I think he's in his 30s, <laughs> based off of the, the, the timeline of, like, mm. when he said, like, I was 17 in 1910, and yeah. it's 1929. It's like, yeah, okay, he's <laughs> not that old, actually. But, like, whenever Theo's grandpa was like, hands off, or just, yeah. I was like, ew. Yeah, gross. It's like, unfortunately, he probably was thinking about that, because they, they did have him say something like, who's the cutie, or something like that, mm. but it's just an old, old, <laughs> it's just a lush, but... Yeah, no, it's it seemed pretty clear that he stopped thinking about her that way pretty quickly. Fio, I, I do think she, yeah, she she heard so many stories about him. How can you how can you not crush on him? Like, oh wow, a war hero who like saved all like saved the enemy as well as like people on his side. And she got to design his new yeah. Thing. And actually go with him. Yeah, that was like a little fangirl's dream. <laughs> But she is a bit naive because he's like, but I'm I'm an unmarried older man. I live on an island by myself. There's like one tent. She's like, I like camping. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. But I, I I love her just confidence and the way she does handle everyone around her. And mm-hmm. but I also like that she shows that she was freaked out and she's like almost has like almost a little mini panic attack before she goes for a swim. There, she was just like. Okay, that was a lot. Yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> so yeah, again, that's that's Miyazaki for you. Writing strong female lead characters or important characters who, you know, they're not perfect all the time. They usually have like some flaws of some sort, or they have some vulnerabilities of some sort. You know, they're not just like complete Mary Sue's. Yeah. So yeah, that that applies to Gina as well. Mm-hmm. I like her. Yeah. I love I loved uh, the, the the singing. Yeah. Scene. It was kind of random, but it really it fit her character and mm-hmm. it, was, it was a nice break from everything. Yeah. I like how she like, goes up to the pirates <laughs> in the bar and she's like, "Well, you're not going to do your dirty work here, are you?" And they're like, "No." No, ma'am. <laughs> they're all very polite to her and they all love her. But yeah, no, no. Like she the, the fact that the reveal that she was she was married to Marco's best friend, the one who died in that like battle that he was describing, mm-hmm. that she was widowed by that. And she had already said earlier in the movie that she was widowed like three different times by mm-hmm. uh, pilots. And yet here she was still kind of kind of pining mm-hmm. after uh Porco Rosso himself. And then that flashback showing them as children. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The music. <laughs> oh, Joe is actually. <laughs> but yeah. No, she's likable. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about Curtis, that Kuratoma looking motherfucker? Yeah. 
giant forehead, mustache, yep. you know. The, the, you know, the kind type. of the eyes that just scream ara ara, and he actually says ara ara at one point. I was like, God damn it, you did it. No, he's kind of fun for like a, an antagonist not being like a complete evil person or anything. Yeah. He's just sort of a douche. He's kind of a pig in his own right. Mm-hmm. American pig. <laughs> the yank. Yank. The yank. <laughs> but like, you know, he he's he's again, he's not like not a bad guy. He's just kind of not a good guy either. He's a little complicated, but not yeah. too complicated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's definitely not smart or clever <laughs> or anything, but he's good at what he does. And yeah, maybe he's he's a bit arrogant, but at the same time. He kind of earns it because he actually is a good pilot, and he they they have a fist fight, and I think he kind of beats up Porco more than the other way around. So, <laughs> yeah, but he's also just kind of a kind of a dumbass <laughs> constantly. Like, let me just propose to everybody I meet, yeah. and I'm going to be an actor, and then I'm going to be president. It's like, oh wait, that can happen. Oh dear. <laughs> oh. But I, I I love at the end the the poster of him like oh he he did it <laughs> good for him you know what good for him and the way the movie is drawn like everything is stylized old Hollywood except for his face yeah his <laughs> stupid face it's the really stylized <laughs> oh my god so good <sighs> who else is there mm, there's Piccolo oh yeah little little tiny mole man <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's fun. Uh, I, I like that he really has absolutely no problem bringing in all of the women in his huge family to work on this. It's just like, hey, this is what they can do it. It's yeah, fine. They can do it. And they're here <laughs> during war and during depressions. They did. Yeah, exactly. So a, a bit of realism there as well. Yeah. You wouldn't have gotten through those moments in history without women. Hell yeah. <laughs> Miyazaki knows this. Oh, yeah. He absolutely knows this. And that reminds me of the um, the uh, the boss of the the gang who's like like half the world is women like like yeah. just trying to like get them all to calm down like yeah whatever <laughs> and he's not wrong oh we could talk about him yeah yeah he's fun yeah I think um, okay so we saw Dola and the pirates in a previous movie and then yes. we found out in Kiki's delivery service she's all older and retired now yeah. And so these air pirates are what has happened to all of her sons. I was just going to say that. Yeah, this is like either like her, maybe their sons have become <laughs> these, these these pirates. Because in terms of like time periods, maybe that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> They're not doing too well without Dola. No, they really aren't. <laughs> they they need, need, need their mama. <laughs> No, they're funny, but they, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I got those vibes from them. The uh, good old Laputa pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Just can't escape them and their designs for that matter. Yeah. Like a lot of these characters do feel like they have kind of recycled designs. Yeah. Then that's why I wasn't so interested in this movie. I see. Like I was excited to see it, but then once I was there, I was like, I've seen all of this before, please give me mm. something new that's not just a mysterious pig man. The mysterious <laughs> pig man. Fair enough. Fair enough. And yeah, again, it's it's it is a fairly divisive film where you got people who just are just like this is his best, and people who are like this is by far his weakest. Mm. Uh, yeah, I I I would not say either of those things personally. Mm. I I have ones that I love much 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 more than this, but also 
definitely some that I'm not as interested as in watching. <laughs> so, yeah. Anywho, uh... Oh, so you mentioned the music, Joe Hisaishi. So I have a question for you. Yes. In this music, or in this movie, um, or in other movies, do you prefer his more fast-paced, adventurous themes, or do you like his his dreamy, peaceful scenes? Honestly, something in between, mm-hmm. I think. Because, uh, like, you know, the action stuff's nice, and the peaceful stuff's nice, but it's, like, the more... Like, I guess it's closer to the peaceful stuff that I like. Uh, the more, more like sweeping orchestral stuff is what uh, I like, um, where you've got the strings are you know going and it's it's but it's definitely more of the slower paced stuff. Okay, I guess is I'm, I'm trying to think of like a good example of a moment. Probably the bit where he's he's doing like the the loop de loops and uh, Gina's like looking up at him and then she has her flashback. Mm. Yeah, that. Versus, I can think of other scenes that are a little bit even more low key than that. That one's very like, kind of celebrating the moment, but not like fast paced by any means. Yeah. So yeah, no, I love that, and, and yeah, in most of his movies, I, I love the, uh, the sweeping stuff. <laughs> He's very good at it. Oh my god, <laughs> the way he writes strings is just magical. <laughs> How about the animation? I would describe that as sweeping in this movie yes oh my goodness all the plainy things lots of miyazaki's favorite stuff to animate (laughs) all all the flying sequences so many flying sequences really impressive stuff too like just very exciting to watch the dog fights as they happen too like Mm -hmm. i was just like oh my god oh my god look at the movement it's good it's awesome the uh the landscapes as passing over and through them is always gorgeous yeah. Uh, oh, I liked how he animated the oceans. It's it yeah. was just like one color with all these glittering things yeah. with the, top of, the tops of the waves. That was beautiful. Yeah. No, there's there's that, and then the character stuff not anything particularly different or or noticeable uh, or new. I guess <laughs> a lot of the character stuff just felt like, yep, we've seen this before with Miyazaki. Yeah. Kind of like the character designs, but I know. This won't be for too much longer because I know there's there's some animation improvements, I guess you could say, even uh, as, as we get later in the 90s. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm specifically thinking of a very specific okay. film, so we'll, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. You know, I forgot to mention one character. Oh. It's more like a group of characters. Yes. Uh, the little girls at the beginning. Oh, they were like, funny. So the pirates think they're kidnapping these, these little girls, but it turns out the girls are ecstatic to be around pirates. <laughs> they're they're a like handful. Touching everything and <laughs> keeping them from doing their pirate business. <laughs> we're going to sink. Yay. <laughs> they're just excited about everything that was happening around them, even though it's supposed to be bad. Girls are a handful. Oh, my God. And they got like 20 of them. Yeah. They did not think this through. Yeah. I love that when they're kind of the pirates are yelling at each other like, "Why did we grab them all? I wasn't thinking. I didn't realize." It's like, oh god. No, it's it was that was pretty funny, funny opening. <laughs> what else? Well, I don't have much else to talk about. I I don't have a whole lot either, other than just sort of knowing that again, Miyazaki was just kind of kind of thrown off by this movie, it seems. Like, because hmm. he was going to apparently uh, set it in uh, Dubrovnik in Croatia. But around the time that they were working on this, 
the um the war the um the war of independence happened there mm-hmm. and then he was just sort of like oh wow this is suddenly like writing about this historical stuff happening now it's current stuff that's yeah. happening and that's basically still like right there um and you don't really want to animate in a war zone well not 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 that they were physically there but no. just the idea of like they had to some people had to go to certain places to do the, the concept art. Sure, yeah, but that's not the point I'm trying to make though. It's 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 more the idea of like setting it in a place where the idea was like, oh, this is just history, and mm-hmm. then to suddenly have that mental shift of like, oh, this is modern current events that are happening and here I am making this this story about this. I maybe I work more anti war and messages into it because of it, you know. Yeah. That that probably did affect the way he approached it. Was. Yeah, you either either change your setting or make your movie more political, mm-hmm. which I don't think Miyazaki's afraid to do. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I I wish I had more to say about it. I wish I did feel more strongly about this movie. I don't feel so strongly about it to say it's his strongest or his weakest, though. So I'm just kind of appreciating lots of little things about it, but just overall not feeling like like just knowing there's stronger stuff out there i'm just kind of like "Mm, yeah 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 i loved moments here or there but for most of the film i was just i don't know waiting for something else sure yeah and i can understand that yeah i i think i think i enjoyed it more than you but not like by a tremendous amount but yeah so i guess that's the episode i guess that's it um generally good film if you absolutely love Miyazaki absolutely go see this yeah yeah you might have a stronger opinion about it than either of us I'm curious to to hear more about that maybe you can message us at Beffers and Birdie on the Twitter on on the Twitter yep there we go (laughs) I had to set that one up for you yay (laughs) (laughs) all right anyway uh that's that so what are we watching next time Next time is a shorter film called The Tune. I will be very curious to find out what the hell that is because yeah. I don't know what Me that too. is. Yay! Yeah. New movie! So yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Bye-bye. the movie is drawn like everything is stylized old hollywood except for his face yeah it's stupid face